You guys ever heard of Celebration Florida? Mm-hmm. Yes. That murder. I've they just there. had a murder. Atlanta, they had mm-hmm. a suicide like the week late, week after. Really? Oh, yeah. Is it a What's, church? It's a Disney no, town. No, it's a Disney town. That it's like Disney owns everything. They they have their own postal service there. Their own electricity. Taxi, no matter where you go. It's like the Truman Show. It was, I mean, it's like they don't. Yeah. Have, they've never had any major crimes before no. the murder. No. I mean, there is a killer among us. I don't know. We well, don't live in celebration. Yeah, we live in Lee Summit. Lee there, Summit's clean. Never been any murders here. I wonder what it was that pushed him over the edge. Uh, I mean, because it's like based on the fifties or something like that. That's like the the town. It's really pretty yeah. town. I've been there. It's nice. We joke through it. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, you have to go see it if you're ever at Disney World. Oh, word. Is it a real town? Yeah, no, it's absolutely, absolutely. In the fifties. No, 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 no. It's it's, it's, it's that the setting. New urban setting. Yes, yeah, that setting. It's like I mean, sidewalks. People walk. I mean, it's like front porches. I mean, it's very. Just watch your back. You watch your back. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd, I'd go packing if I were you. I believe Jeff can help you with that. If you're Mikey, in question. Mikey can. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, he's got no problem. That's right. You were a law enforcement officer. All right, let's do this. Good afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening to this, we uh, welcome you to our ZB cast. We are very excited to have you and to be sharing with you tonight. Uh, seated around the table, my name is Jeff, and seated with us we have John, Aaron, David. I'd like to introduce, uh, we have one of our listeners is with us tonight, Woo-hoo. and would you introduce yourself? Woo-hoo. Mike. Mike. We got Mike here who's going to share with us, and actually this is a... Um, a time of celebration. Another one of our listeners, our thousands of listeners, uh, Rosie, uh, fixed us a plate of holiday cookies, and we are sampling those, and we are enjoying them immensely. They're amazing. Um, David gives his seal of approval. Um, I've partaken of the chocolate chip cookies before, and I look forward to partaking of many more. Mm. And so thank you, Rosie. What do you think, John? The chocolate chip is good. It's, uh, it's very soft. It tastes like there's a lot of butter in it. <laughs> and that... Uh, <laughs> The uh, the chips, they're milk chocolate, and they're large milk chocolate chips, so when you bite into it, you get a not only a mouthful of uh, cooked butter and, uh, and and cookie dough, but you also get a, a mouthful of, uh, of chips. I don't think even if these were cold that the, the, the chocolate would uh, solidify. And actually, I picked these up on my way to the podcast, and so uh, we'd like to thank Rosie for uh, this. And so if you hear any, like, chomping or eating, you uh, can know that uh, that, that we have uh, been blessed with cookies. Uh, this also, taffy? This looks like taffy. There also, yes, there are also some... Uh, Did she make the taffy? I don't believe she made the taffy. Every, uh, she made uh, all the... There's four different types of things. We have chocolate cookies, like some pecan cookie of some sort. It's like a white macadamia nut, I think. White or macadamia. white chocolate, maybe. Yeah. We also have... Uh, I could have sworn she spun this taffy. I don't believe so. She, I, would, I would not put it past her. And so we like my favorite. Thank you, Rosie. I love the pretzels. We, we have the pretzels with uh, white chocolate, I believe, on them. Um, is that what that is, Aaron? Mm, tastes like it. I say so. Uh, thank you, Rosie, for um, this this treat. Uh, Mike, did you bring anything? Uh, I did bring something. <laughs> Brought. Wow, look at that plate of ribs. <laughs> it's about an eighth of a cup of some Diet Coke left in my backyard burger cup. <laughs> All right, well, so uh, we are in the holiday season, uh, and I shouldn't have said holiday season. We're, talk- we're in the Christmas season, and we're going to talk about Christmas. Or holiday, if that's your thing. Or holiday, if that's your thing. If you're listening to us, it probably is not. <laughs> um, but we'd like to uh, celebrate a little bit with you. And so we have some topics that go along with uh, Christmas and the Christmas season. And so to uh, get us started, uh, we, we, each of us has brought a topic that we'd like to talk about tonight. And um, who, we'd like to start with Aaron. And so, so go ahead. So, uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Bef- due diligence, gentlemen. Before we, before we get into this podcast, we should address last podcast. Since last time we did basically the bleeding heart liberal version of we should give everything to everybody i think we should <laughs> what i, sh- I think we what? should uh that we was... should explore the other the other issue which would be stewardship david had had brought up a point and, and aaron had brought up um i believe you, you talked about the parable of the talents i think we should we should uh <clears throat> we should touch on stewardship really quick okay anybody like to Amend our last podcast with a discussion of stewardship and. Not sure where I'm supposed to go. I don't know. Maybe we should just leave it as give everything to everybody and let God figure it out. 
I, that was not at all what I argued. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think. I mean, I think there's all, there's. I know in, in many congregations there's this. Um, there's a definite um, back and forth regarding um, charity and the balance of that plus stewardship, and it's something I've, I've reflected on quite a bit. And as I work more and more um, amongst people with little, I come more into the realization that um, while stewardship practices are not necessarily within um, what they have, oftentimes um, they have so little that they're just trying to make it to the next day. And it's easy to have good stewardship when you have a lot, but it's hard when you have little. Or it could be vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, well, but people people don't talk about using stewardship when they have tons. That's true. I mean, I mean because I mean they have enough, so apparently they're good stewards. We don't we never criticize mm-hmm. their stewardship if they have plenty. We only criticize people's stewardship if they don't have anything. Right. Well, we yeah, we'll, we'll be more critical, but it's arguable that people who have very little are probably the better stewards because they're probably spending all their money on their needs. There probably is not very many. Uh, I mean, I say that people certainly can get their needs, quote unquote, mixed up, but there's certainly not a lot of excess spending on on things that are unnecessary. Well, that's I mean, that's certainly why people argue that like sales taxes are. The le- one of the least fair taxes we have versus uh, graduated income tax, which tends to be more propor- proportional. I mean, a sales tax treats everybody the same. Even if you have nothing, food still costs the same. Mm-hmm. Going to, I mean, getting clothes still costs the same for tax- taxation, but a graduated t- sales tax or a graduated tax treats people differently according to what they earn, so a proportion of their income. But anyway. Okay. Well, well yeah. Bottom line is. Though it may be God's and not really ours, that doesn't absolve us from being irresponsible stewards. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. All right. On with the holidays. On with the holidays. All right. So despite Jeff's little jab at the beginning... I think that uh, I, there was no jab intended at uh-huh. any point in time. I don't yeah. know what jab, I don't know what you're talking. About. I seriously don't know. I I was not. That was not my I'm, intent I'm whatsoever. Just, I'm just. It was instinct to say happy holidays, and then I caught myself in the second. Unforgiven. <laughs> Unforgiven. So I, <laughs> thank my, you. My question. <laughs> you're so charitable. Then, Keeping during, in the holiday spirit. <laughs> during, yeah, during this holiday time, you're so charitable. <laughs> so the, the question that I think we had it'd be fun to consider is: Should we boycott companies that? Um, Greet you with happy holidays, or you know, say farewell, so to speak, with happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. We talked about this last year. Do you remember we went over the list of vendors and whether they uh, said Christmas or holidays? Ah, uh, maybe so, we'll, maybe we'll so change our mind now. Maybe we might have changed our mind. I, I, don't, remember yeah, our mind, I don't remember my mind was last time. I, <laughs> well, we, we didn't really have a discussion. We just went over a list because we thought it was a little bit interesting. Huh. I, I love a good boycott. I'm in the process of putting Hardee's out of business right now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk about why? No, this is the holiday special. We'll get into that in January. Let's make a note on that for January. Right. I'll tell you why Hardee's has to go. The, the Hardee's issue. Yeah. Yeah. The Hardee's conundrum will be discussed in January. Stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, so um, David, what do you think? Should I mean does saying uh, first off, I think the first question is does saying happy holidays or saying holiday season does it matter? I mean, is that is that offensive to you, David? I don't know if it's offensive. It's it's not my preference. Uh, I always, I guess, I take special note of companies that offer Merry Christmas, but that's not to say that I don't take my patronage to to stores that go with happy holidays as well. Let, let me ask you this though. Do you do you condone disobedient employees that say Merry Christmas when they're instructed to say happy holidays? Yeah, peaceful protest. I do. Civil unrest. When at, at work, at work when they always talk about the holiday lunch, I always respond with yes, I'm going to the Christmas lunch. Ah. Clever. <clears throat> I'm a, I'm wild. I'm <laughs> wild. Yeah. David, David, you are a rebel. I know. I know. When are you going to get that uh, peel-off cat? <laughs> <laughs> it says, it says, says Merry Christmas on it. <laughs> Thug for life. <laughs> Christmas for life. Yeah. All right, Mike, what do you think? It doesn't bother me one way or the other. I, I don't really look at Christmas time anymore as a, as a Christian holiday. Um, I look at it as a time to fellowship with family and friends. 
No, no. I think Christ T- is take so a stand, Mike. <laughs> on the ZB caster so on one side or the <laughs> other. <laughs> Christ is so far removed from this period of time that uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me whether uh, you know people say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Nor do I expect them to observe the, the Lord's uh, birth at this time of year. So is there a time of year that you do observe the Lord's birth and celebrate it? Um... Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is his topic. This, oh, wait, is that, okay, all right. Uh, let me withdraw that question for later. You open the door. I, I, it was hard for me not to go in. John, I'm already I'm already loaded for bear. John, what do you think about the holiday season? Oh, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. Uh, the reason why is just because if I, if I were to say Merry Christmas to someone that doesn't believe in Christmas, say Hanukkah or... Um, what are some other ones? Kwanzaa? Is there? I think it's Kwanzaa. Is there? No. Is there like an overlap there? Of people yeah, that practice right. Kwanzaa and Christmas. Yeah. Or is Kwanzaa something no. specific? No. It's, like spe- it's, it's specific, is. but you can overlap them. You can. You can. You can. Okay. You can celebrate that. Dual so, celebration. Yeah, you can. You can celebrate that and Hanukkah or that and Christmas. Okay. So, uh, you know, be it that or any other. In any other holiday, I wouldn't take offense if somebody came up to me and said, you know, Happy Hanukkah or Happy Kwanzaa. I, I wouldn't say, hey, no, Christmas, that's it. No. Shut your mouth. No, I'm with you. I, I, I prefer that over the nondescript holiday. Or happy Xmas or something like that? No, I, I prefer, you know, if, if somebody's Jewish, then I, I fully expect for them to wish me. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. I mean, give you I, a dreidel. I, isn't that kind of, I mean, are you wishing I, I, someone? Not, I can't have a happy Hanukkah. I know, and that's what was my next question. By expressing that, are you expressing to them your faith? I mean, is that a fin? Is that a fin? Like, if I know someone's Jewish, should I offer them a happy Hanukkah or a Merry Christmas? I think you can offer them a happy Hanukkah, even though you don't believe in Hanukkah. Right. So that would be more. But see, if you don't know, and I give them a Merry Christmas, and they throw me back a happy Hanukkah, well, now we've exchanged pleasantries, and I know where their faith lies. See, I, I think each we, we should boycott companies that, that say happy holidays as well as companies that sort of sell pornography or sell liquor or any of these things that we don't believe in. We should take a strong, absolute stand. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we believe in Hanukkah. So you're, you're done participating in the United States economic system. <laughs> no, we, All we believe, together. We believe in Hanukkah. I, I think we need to we – can, we can make a difference. Should, 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 should we boycott anybody that uh, uses usury to uh, get gain? Yes. We should we So should like, only so like mortgage, companies, right. mortgage, companies, only mortgage companies? Right. Mortgage companies. Down with mortgage companies. Only paying cash. No credit cards. I love this guy. <laughs> we, no. should, we shouldn't even buy Apple products because they support the homosexual agenda. He's using well, then I Apple guess we, should, we shouldn't use Google anymore I, then. I'm, I'm not going to buy any more. I, you know, I any more than I have. Hmm. Well, I ain't no. All right, so Aaron has gone off the deep end. Yeah. Anybody want to jump in with him? Yeah, back, back to, Aaron's been programming too long today. Yeah. Back to, to David's response. No, we, we do believe in Hanukkah. We believe that it's a good holiday. We just don't believe it's the holiday. True. I mean, that's how they view Jesus. Well, Hanukkah is a celebration of the oil that lasted for eight days, right? Is that Old Testament? That's that was pat- after. It's concurrent with New Testament or maybe after? It was after that. Even. Okay. Not that's that fine. I'm, not that I'm an expert on Hanukkah. Right, right. Could you pass the chocolate milk, please? Sure. Somebody pass the turkey and stuffing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, mean, I think that, I think Aaron's... Um, Big leap, um, kind of touched on. I, mean, I don't know. I, unlike David, I'm not as much a fan of boycotts unless there's like a remarkably good reason. I don't. I don't necessarily think that Happy Holidays over Merry Christmas is necessarily a earth-shattering thing that's worthy of um, a boycott. But. I'm sorry, but that is good chocolate milk. Wait, no, that is chocolate milk with mint in it. I'm I'm a huge proponent of boycotts, but now I, I wasn't I wasn't advocating a boycott of all. Happy Holidays establishments. But just in general, I think boycotts are an excellent tool for use by the U.S. citizens. I prefer them over lawsuits. Okay, well, well next, month, next month when we talk about the Hardee's boycott and your reasoning for that, <laughs> yeah, hey. that, that, will, uh, that, will, that will shed some light into... Scoff if you will, but while I was in college, two of the Hardys in Gainesville shut down. My results speak for themselves. <laughs> so that can be laid directly at your feet. I'm not going to take that upon myself. It's, so, I'm, it's not for me to glory in. You're for the pe- you're for the people. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. Yes, that's that's what's all, that's the word on the street, David. Well, he's a man for the people. 
I'd argue right. if I could. I really would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we know. <laughs> we can't wait till next month. <clears throat> so, I mean, what's the consensus? We don't. We we really don't care one way or the other, or we prefer take a hard stand. I, well, I and, and honest, I, I've I've never really made a differentiation. I've never shopped anywhere based on their holiday slogan. I, I, t- I tend to notice if they say Merry Christmas, and I prefer it mentally, but I can't say that I've made any um, fiscal decisions based on that. I could see, like, you know how there's – anytime you see a Walgreens, there's always a CVS right across the street. So if I saw one of them with a Merry Christmas banner, I'd, I'd pick that one because they're right there beside each other. But I, I don't know if I'm to the point where I drive across town to go to a different – would you take back your product and then go get it over at CVS if they said Merry Christmas? How cold is it outside? Because it's bitter right now, and I wouldn't go outside in this Where world. are your convictions? Above freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David is from Florida, so bear with me. I told him today this is just like Pensacola. Yes. Actually, what I told uh, what I told Jana, my wife, about the weather out when we stepped outside and the wind was blowing, I said, this is like Chicago when you're uh, mm. right on the lake. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Mm. Yeah. Better than Minneapolis right now. All right. So we have several other topics to go to. Uh, Aaron, do you have anything, any closing thoughts since this was uh, your thought? No, just be strong. Be strong. <coughs> This is like the view, buddy. You got to dive in. Nobody's going to wait for you. Wow. I'm just in awe to actually be here among the voices that I've <laughs> that I've listened to that have soothed me in my, <laughs> my nighttime sleep over the past year. Some of the mystique is- gone now that you see how we operate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your pants back on. Oh. Oh no. Oh, Mikey. <laughs> Take long, man. John has editing power. Yeah, I think, I think, I think this might be day. the first and last time we will have a guest on ZB Cast. All right, so John, what uh, what topic did you bring tonight? All right, I have a fun topic. Um, Aren't they all? They, well, no, this is more fun. This is lighthearted because this is this this is a throwback to our first episode where we did our Bible draft. So. That was so much fun. It was. was this will be fun too. I that one. So what? What? What biblical story? Can we recap what we did on that for those that might not? Have yeah, it? by all means. We were putting together a team, and we went around the table and we drafted biblical characters or scriptural characters. What if we had a little uh, a, a mock fantasy draft right here and 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 see who we would select in our, our fantasy draft for scriptural characters? If we were putting together a our, a religion team, who we would pick of our favorite characters from the scriptures? Jesus. And Jeff kept wanting to know what our team was for, and we would I, not define Or maybe it was John. No, I wouldn't know yeah, what Yeah, John was for. kept asking, like, what's the team for? We're like, and we wouldn't define it. It's just, <laughs> you're just picking your team. And so we had a lot of fun. We all drafted players. and we all. But what was funny, too, was we all had something in mind, I think, like what we were going for, and there, there was a common theme to who and how we drafted. I may not be talking to the mic very well, because I keep looking at Mike. Ah, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was what we did. <laughs> So that was about it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, that was episode one, by the way, which you can find you can on, can find. on www.zionbound.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, there's a menu across the top. Just go to zb.com. Or you can scra- subscribe on iTunes. I say zb.com. That's short for zionbound.com. <laughs> I'm not sure we have ZB.com. No, we so don't. we're together. Li- Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so what biblical story or Book of Mormon story or Doctrine and Covenant story would you like to see made it into a movie, and who would you have direct it? Oh, I don't know much about directors. Um, M. Night Shyamalan would probably be my pick. <laughs> For Lazarus? <laughs> well, no, I'd probably, I'd probably have, uh, ooh, I don't know. For the resurrection of, uh, uh, for the resurrection of, no, yeah, was yeah. resurrected by the witch. No, no, no. <laughs> when, uh, when uh, well, he um, wasn't resurrected, he he was spirit was summoned. Yes, oh. that was uh, Saul who went and yeah. requested the witch summon Saul, uh, Samuel. Yeah, that that would be a good one. Have him that Shemalaga Ding Dong <laughs> direct. I don't know. He's kind of fallen off though. I, I I wouldn't. I don't know that I would trust his movies anymore, but. Oh, yeah, that's my personal taste. No, I, I actually thought of a, a couple, but uh, what I what I think would be cool would be to have uh, uh, Scorsese 
do something from Kings or something from the period in the Book of Mormon where there's all the judges, just because he's really good at uh, at, uh, at like the I don't know how do I say it like uh, like the organized crime, like mm-hmm. having having a lot of multiple parts and then making it cohesive in the end of the movie, like the like the Departed, like the Gadiet and Robbers. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be that'd be kind of fun. Could you imagine Tim Burton doing Revelations? What about I'm gonna go on a limb here. What about a story of a middle aged man of Jewish origins that was put to an untimely death, unrightfully, unjustly. By maybe Gibson? maybe maybe direct no, maybe directed <laughs> by an Australian actor turned director. Apocalypto? With, with inf- inf- yeah. infidelity problems. Maybe somebody out of Mad Max <laughs> would have turned their career around. Mm. You know what actually when I read one of the most inspiring scenes that I think would, would if it could be done justice uh, in cinema, would be the, uh, the anti-Nephi-Lehites laying down their weapons and, or, or refusing to take up their weapons in the face of their enemies. Who would you have directed? Oh, I don't know. I, like, I don't know anything about directors. Maybe um, Bruckheimer? Somebody, yeah. Somebody, uh, well, Spielberg would, would did you, a nice you, job with uh, Saving Private Ryan. Would, you, know, you, would you want it to be action or more like, yeah, I heartfelt? Think, no, a Saving Private Ryan would have would have the right mix of action it? plus. See, you have to pair it with Sons of Helaman, though. Oh yeah, you got you to pair it with Sons yeah, of Helaman. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, that. Spielberg could do that. Yeah, Spielberg could do that. Mm, just, that'd be a good one. Bring, how about bring Hanukkah could be released? How about Michael Bay, Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> there would be explosions every thirty seconds. That'd work. Three D. Yeah, three. does he do three D? I don't know. Michael Bay. I don't know who Michael Bay is. He did Transformers and oh. those type of movies. I'm trying I, to f- if mine has to have any voiceover, it needs to be done by Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. There's no better voice. James over. Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Okay, so, I'll give you James Earl Jones. Very good. I said correct. We'll put a smackdown on Morgan Freeman for <laughs> James Earl Jones. I might take Patrick Stewart. He's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I, like I like him. I like. I think he's a nice voice. Who that is so. No, he's oh, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd right? be Jimmy Stewart. That'd be Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> What'd you say, James Stewart? Patrick James? Stewart. Oh, they're mine. Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick get, Swayze. You have, you have no idea who that is, D. No, that's okay. oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy off of Star Trek. Yes, yes. Jean Luc Picard. Yeah. yeah, I only took like four guesses. <laughs> Wasn't he British? Yeah, yeah. I can't do British. I'm an American man. <laughs> I, I think it traitors be, to the crowd. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to do a movie of Genesis by the director Christopher Nolan, who did Inception. Ooh, That'd be oh, good. Interesting. <laughs> Cheater! <laughs> what? That's not cheating. All right, well, we all, we all have uh, to look up stuff. <laughs> Who cares if I can look we, it up now? Well, we could do uh, that. That that would be cool to have. Uh, Who could do a good arc movie? Like with all the animals. <clears throat> Who did Waterworld? <laughs> James Cameron. No, no, James Cameron. Well, James Cameron has done many other. I think, water I think, movies. I think James Cameron could do it. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there. I like. I like to find the good story for James Cameron to do out of the. See, out of the, in, in all of in all of James Cameron movies, he's all. It's always some kind of disaster that somebody's escaping from. So I could see James Cameron doing, um, mm. doing the flood, like he did Terminator and T huh? two. Did he do Titanic? Yes. Yes. We could have a, a story of the Book of Ether, all the betrayal that happened, and have whoever did the uh, Born Identity series, the Born. Who did that? Uh, the well, last the, two were different than the first one, I think. Could we get a compilation effort? Microphone. A microphone. Depends how jittery you want the footage to be. <laughs> <laughs> Alternating scenes. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was fun, John. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other? It ones was in a mind? <laughs> Did you have any others that you wanted to come out? Oh, I probably, <clears throat> let's see here. Um... <laughs> Have you guys ever seen anything that uh, Aronofsky's done? I don't know who that is. He, uh, he does really weird he movies. He did a lot of John Luke Picard movies. He did... Uh, he he did... Uh, actually, that that would be... Uh, who's somebody that in the Bible that just spirals out of control? Like someone that starts in a good spot than... Job? Job. I mean, he didn't spiral out of well, control, it, but his it, world it, does. Yeah, it, it wasn't... It wasn't due to his. I think. I think that, that would be one of the saddest all. movies. That would. That'd be a really good one. To. I mean, oh. can you? Ma- who would? Who would do good? Who would play Job? Uh, well, I'm talking. Yeah. Who, so, yeah. Who would you cast as Job? Uh, Russell Crowe. 
Ooh, no. he would do a good job. No. Yeah, he, he does, he does no. the... Well, that or Russell Crowe didn't look anything like Job. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, my. <laughs> you think more slouchy? <laughs> no. He can't be a real sad sack. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh, not Paul Giamatti. Actually, you know who would do a good... Who, uh, what Tim Burton would do a good, a good story of? Uh, Zacchaeus. Why? I don't think Tim Burton's done anything good. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Tim Burton myself. Really? No, not really, no. Wow. Isn't he the claymation guy? Stop animation? Well, he's done some. I, like, I, don't, know if he, I don't know if he's done clay. But like Alice in Wonderland, wasn't that Tim Burton? He didn't like Batman? The very first one? That was a Tim, Tim Burton movie? I want to say that was Tim Burton. I don't know. I have a feeling we'll know in a few seconds. What's IMDb say? Anything. I mean, I want to say that he did... The first and second. You just look at this as a way to listen to the podcast before it comes out. Is that what you're going for here? Are you just not saying anything, Mikey? You're wasting a microphone. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What's your? Uh, what would you do? Oh, I think I'd like to see Christ come into America with all of the destruction, and it'd have to be Ooh. Mel Gibson since he's already done that Mayan movie, didn't he? What was that? Yeah. Three thousand. What was that called? I remember what it was. Ap- Apocalypto. Yeah. It's hard for me to think because people have done these cheesy Bible stories, but I think David, from the man after God's own heart to lusting after Bathsheba, that was done really well. I good. could see Aronofsky doing that. Yeah, everybody could relate to that. We don't, you have any idea who that is? Uh, he did uh, Rec Room for a Dream. We don't know that uh, either. I know that. <clears throat> he did The Fountain. That was a weird movie. Uh, he just did something. You're, you have yet to name one that I've seen. You're right. Uh, Burton did Batman and Batman Forever. <clears throat> he did Batman Forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want Clint Eastwood to direct anything because I think he's the yeah, yeah. especially good. his last couple of movies. Oh, that's good. Phenomenal oh, yeah. directing. Yeah, that rugby like movie are, that was so <laughs> awesome. I didn't know what was Grand going Freedom. on. Grand Million Dollar Baby and uh, Million Dollar Baby. Unforgiven. Oh, Million Dollar Baby. I, I, that baby. I never saw Million Dollar Baby. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, what, what was the one? Uh, something the River. Uh, River runs through it. No, it, it Clint, Clint Eastwood uh, uh, directed it. Good, bad, and the ugly. Um, he, was he was in character. that. I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't directing quite yet. I watched that one just the other day. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In a sort of way. You know, the the brother Jared story, I think, well, no, I'm sorry, the the ether story, all the intrigue, uh, the Jaredites, I think that could be done well by Peter Jackson. Was that the alias guy? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. No, that, a- a- alien, who's too. alias? Um... Uh, uh, he, he did yeah, Lost. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah, Abrams. Yeah, he did the new he Star did, Trek. New Star Trek. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. That was, there, there was fun yeah. to be had in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you giggling, David? Yeah. YouTube video I saw. <laughs> we can't show YouTube videos. No, not really. No. Should we take a minute and watch it, though? Are we going to comment about it? Yeah, it's called Real Men Don't Look at Explosions. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got J.J. Abrams on the keyboard. Yeah. It's hilarious. Okay, so... <clears throat> I hope you've enjoyed uh, a look at all the different um, stories that might be fun to make into movies and the, and the directors that yeah. might make them. All of our listeners in Hollywood, pay attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And hopefully you can uh, get us hooked up with some people that will help us out. Somebody didn't put their phone on vibrate. Damn, Come on, Mike. I know you're new, but you got to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's our newest smartphone user. <laughs> how do I do this thing? <laughs> Dave is still trying to figure out how to use his phone. It's only been a month. All right, David, I think you're up next. Yeah, I was talking to... Um, symbols. Yeah, symbols. Holly symbols. symbols. I, I was talking to somebody the other day that um, was offended at the idea that um, we have Christmas trees in our churches because, I guess... It was a pagan symbol to begin Yeah, but see, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I wasn't aware of that. It has. I have no basis. I have no origin in that thought process. You know, it doesn't affect me that way. So should, should anything that has... Should, you know how, how much how much importance how much um, what am I trying to say? Should we value the origins of things dur- dur- as symbols and celebrations? Yeah. I, I've heard people talk about you know it could represent the tree of life and a number of other. I think things have been written like for the holidays of what trees could represent and the ornaments and. So you're you're advocating that maybe we get rid of uh, pyramids and triangles because they've been used in. As pagan symbols from yeah. time to time. They're all on money. Yeah. And what? They're all on money as where going. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, I'm saying that it, its basis, it, that didn't really affect me because uh, I, I wasn't aware that trees came from a pagan tradition. And I remember, um, this is before your time, David. I remember when there were, <laughs> um, when the uh, temple was being built and, uh, Independence, the Union Christ Temple. I remember some construction workers. It was during the Christ, It was during Christmas time, Aaron. Mm-hmm. It was during Christmas time, and some construction workers put a big Christmas tree on top of the temple. And I remember there was a pretty decent. I remember at least in the circles that I heard that I traveled, and there was some pretty de- decent uproar about whether or not the temple should have a Christmas tree on it because of that same idea about the symbolism that a, that a, a Christmas tree holds. But but to what portion of America over the last 200 years has a tree represented something pagan? I'm not saying I, I'm just... I, well, that's I, so I get that. Yeah, so that's yeah. my question to the group is, does that affect you guys? I mean, do you avoid Christmas trees because... I have friends that do. How do you feel about that? Um, <clears throat> does it make you sad? <laughs> I don't particularly care either way. I know I know Christmas trees for all people. I know um, for me, oftentimes it's a Christmas trees. I find them very reflective. I like to. I mean, sitting in a room with a Christmas tree all lit up, it helps. I, I, it's it's a very meditative thing for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's and so I don't really find it offensive to have a Christmas tree up. I think. I mean, it's one of those things that um, I think in the New Testament it talks about. Not a. I mean, it's something you can take offense from or not take offense from. It's like. I don't know. I'm not sure I worry about Christmas trees, but some people do. Well, birthday celebrations are rooted in paganism, too. So should we, uh-huh. if, should we kick out our birthday celebrations? I guess. Yeah. Well, I think... <coughs> Valentine's I, Day? I, 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 think, I think we'd be... If, Sunday morning I, 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 worship I, service. What? Yeah, go what? ahead. Speak. <laughs> well, I just, you, carries over to all aspects of that. I mean, even, even our worship service, the Protestant worship services that... We model ours over after in the Restoration, much different than the Hebrew worship services of Jesus' day. Mm-hmm. It'd be true, but a lot of the Hebrew traditions were also based in. I mean, they were not all based on direct, revelatory things that took place. I, mean, there, I, I think. I think. I think. In the history of the world, there are so many things that have. I mean, different influences. Some are good. Some are bad. Yeah, I don't. It'd be hard. I mean, I find it hard to. If you're going to start taking out everything that has any origin or has any relation to something that's not good, I I don't know what we, we should. Do. We really shouldn't. It's almost like we if we lump that in with Aaron's boycotting groups that uh, teacher teacher promotes. Take a hard stand. <laughs> take a hard stand. <laughs> I'm walking to the woods and I'm sitting down. And in Sunday named after the worship of the sun god, should we just call it the day after Saturday? So we avoid any pagan relationships. Saturn was also. A- it's not the Sabbath day, though. That's Saturday. It depends on depends on if no, you respect Doctor. Nice try. Nice try. Nice try. Doctor Covenant says until we receive further revelation, we're going to celebrate that day. Then we worship on the first day of the week, not the Sabbath. Well, I'm not saying that, that he, he just said Sabbath. Sa- the Sabbath day is Saturday. Whether or not we it doesn't. I mean, that, that scripture is talking about whether or not we. Worship on the Sabbath. That, that should be February. I like that revelation. That's a great discussion to have. A great discussion to have. Well, we can lump it into January, too. I mean, we do multi-topics now. Yeah. Once a month. So, I, 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 think it's, I, think it's, I think it's a topic that I'm not sure. I don't know if having them in church. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like having them in church. I mean, we don't have one in our sanctuary. It's in the foyer, and it's an angel tree so that we're helping the little kids that you grab a name off, you know I don't know. I think there, there are some people who are offended that we have any sort of symbolic things in a church period. What if, what if, let's say, you know, Colorado's a pretty big congregation. Let's say there's one person that's offended. And let's say they're truly offended. Whether or not we agree that they're right or wrong, they are offended. Should the branch take it down on no. account of that one person's? Because we go by common consent. Oh, oh. <laughs> February. <laughs> wow. So we would have to put it up for a vote. That's not common but, consent. Depends but, on who you ask. 51%. You know, it doesn't Paul. Ah, ah, okay, February. That's what we're not, we're not going to jump into common sense. But doesn't Paul teach us that whether whether something's right or wrong, if, if it offends someone, then we should avoid doing it? Yeah, so yeah. maybe they should think not so would to Paul, everybody So would Paul else. have just taken the tree down even if he didn't feel like it was wrong? I, I think Paul would uh, advocate splitting the branch so that everybody could be happy. I know somebody else that wanted to do that. We could run out the canoe club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was I? Was I was reading in Reader's Digest this weekend, and 
I, I had to laugh because there was um, some, some a man had been had been trapped on a deserted island, and they found and rescued him. And he said, "Well, I want to show you around um, before I leave." He had been there for a couple of years. And he showed him his house, and he showed him where his church where he had been worshiping. And he showed him a bit further, and uh, I said, well, what's that over there? He said, well, that's, that's my old church, and I don't like to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed about this man on a deserted island who had got offended at his old church and had to start going to a new place. <laughs> and, and I, I mean – I, I want to. I need to. I need to make sure I get a copy of that. Oh, exactly. Please do. It was, it was just so fun. I, I mean, I just. I could not. It was just so fun. That's wonderful. <laughs> so I'm sorry, David. I just. I had you to. Know. I had to digress. Nuts. I had to do it. The thing is, sometimes there are. There is no compromise between two sets of offended beliefs. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody could be offended that you'd have a Christmas tree up, and another person could be offended if you take it down. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? Well, that's where I think common consent has to come in. We have to be willing to work with each other and overlook trivial little things. Well, what is the offensive thing of the Christmas? In our family, you know, we go out and get it. I look at a Christmas tree and I say, I remember memories from you know every year going out with my dad, cutting down a tree. You know, we made ornaments every year, and when we put them up, we all look at these things. Hey, I remember when we did this, or, you know. So, I mean, are you offended at my family's memories? Because that's all that is, is this is, is a time of year where we look at these memories where, you know, we got together every year and celebrated the Lord. I'm offended that you cut down a tree when we should be preserving this earth. Yeah. Actually, I think it takes 10 years' worth of live trees to have the same environmental impact as one fake tree. Good one, Mike. Something Good like one. that. <laughs> so unless you're going to keep your your, your fake tree for a long for 20 time. 20 years. My parents still have theirs. <laughs> how, about, how about a similar – do we want to go any further on this one? No, I have yeah, a similar I'm, question. Yeah, let's just see what goes. I saw a discussion recently where the discussion of whether we should teach our children about Santa Claus or involve Santa Claus in – Christmas and it got to be a very heated discussion. It was very interesting. It was a very interesting discussion. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't where, did, where did this discussion take place? Can't say. Isn't it amazing how we, <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> how, how these things pop up in public places and it's just like, eh, well, it's there for everybody to see. Well, it wasn't just a discussion of. Uh, to me, there was multi levels to that discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, let's start with the first, the, the first issue, which was the statement. Which was? I think it's. I mean, I think there was a lot of people who were jumping at a chance to get offended in that whole discussion. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, on both sides. On both sides. And so I. I mean, I, the, the statement basically was that um, a parent was happy with the fact that their child had helped somebody else uh, disbelieve in Santa Claus. Yeah, that's, I, that's how I remember the initial. Yeah, yeah, yeah gloating. Uh, yeah, right. and that's exactly yeah. what they said. Um, and I, I think I, I, I see several questions there. The first question is. Should we teach our children about Santa Claus? Or, mm-hmm. or I mean, and so I'm, I'm not a parent. I think everybody else around this table is. What do you guys think? I mean, as fathers, what do you think about your kids believing in or not believing in Santa Claus? Well, teaching about is different than teaching to believe in. It's true. My Well, I, well what's your stance on Santa Claus as a parent? My son and daughter look forward to Santa Claus visiting our house. As do my I'm going to have to daughter. talk with them next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the, the reasoning behind um, this parent, which I, I've, always, I've always valued the reasoning a great deal, was, um, and I've heard this from multiple fronts, is if you have things that you're teaching your children are true or you're allowing them to believe are true and they start to understand that those were fallacies and what's to stop them from believing the same thing about Jesus. And I, and I, and I know that some people don't buy that argument. But, I don't. <laughs> I mean, but, I know, but I know a lot of people who have that stance. I have a nephew that will talk sometimes about what it's going to be like when he plays in the NBA. And I'm thinking maybe next week I should go and squash that because that doesn't allow him to live in reality. And that's not the truth. That's a very. He's that's, not that's going different. To be in the NBA. That's different. No, he's not going to be playing in the NBA. Well, I, I know, he's being led to believe that that's a possibility. Well, that's a different discussion, is it? Yeah, because there really was a Saint Nick. He was a person. Yeah, it has, nothing to do, it has nothing to do with the, with Santa Claus. Santa Claus is way different than Saint Nick. I think the worst thing about that, we don't personally, we don't, we've never taught our son about it. We never taught him not. He just, I don't know what happened there, but. Um, you know, you, you 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 teach them to put their hope or their joy in something that's false, and so they get you they, they get used to look looking forward to something other than 
really what I believe should be the center of their joy, which is the Lord. I, I mean, I used to get excited for months before Christmas, thinking about Santa Claus coming and laying awake at night wondering. And when I found out there wasn't a Santa Claus, I mean, I was pretty crushed. There might have been some tears shed at night. But <laughs> You're ready to cut a fool. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got a lot of things going on when you learn how to drive and things in high school. And you, you don't need to put Santa Claus, <laughs> Santa Claus into the mix. Too. That was a traumatic year. Yeah. Lost a girlfriend. <laughs> Learned no, how to drive. You, I really think there, there was some damage done there. Our pets' heads putting are Putting hope off. in that. You know, <laughs> in a, in a something People are like getting that. killed in Celebration Florida. Go ahead, Mike. I, I think no, you I, say something. I I think, as silly as it sounds, you really, I did, took it personally, I, I really put a lot of hope in that. I put a lot of hope in that, and, and then you find out it's not real, and it, it's hard for Christ to measure up to something like that. I mean, it's, so, it's all based on such physical things that bring joy, and I really do think that our kids get wrapped up, not only in Santa Claus, but with how many gifts they get, that that's... That's almost, I mean, your life really revolves around that time of year and all of these gifts that come to give, to give you happiness when it's all fleeting. Sorry, are you anti-gift-giving? Uh, I am no, that, to that's, extent, that's, yes, that's 15 yeah. into his topic. You want to just go there? Yeah. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Well, we can follow. You guys have also convinced me as well. They, well, not too long ago, my, I was on my way home from work, and my daughter was really excited when I got home because we were going to play tea, and she was going to make some dinner for me in her fake kitchen, but... Next time she says that, I'm going to go ahead and tell her that we're not going to do that because that's not real. And she shouldn't be looking forward to that because that's giving false hope because there's really no food there. There's no nourishment. There's no fulfillment. It's not even a real kitchen. It's not even a real kitchen. Mm-hmm. Why no. should we pretend? Why should we, why should we allow her imagination to roam like that when she's going to be let down when there's really nothing to drink in that cup? Yeah. Hmm. I see a difference there, I think. I do too. I see. There's difference between your daughter knows there's no real thing there, and your daughter's the one coming up with the scenario, the illusion. Not not mom and dad who are actually responsible and know better, coming up with this illusion and creating it around them, and you know eating their cookies and telling them someone else did it. But we we, we play. It's a game we play. We play a game with my daughter. And we play games knows, with my son. What, but, they, but they know. My nephew, my nephew honestly thinks that he's got a shot of playing but, in the NBA. Well, we're not talking about your nephew and I mean, whether he's well, going to play well, in the NBA. You, you can say whatever whatever imaginary game you want to play. There are some kids that really have a vivid imagination. Is that something that is bad? If is it bad to have imagination? If well, you at you and shooting at you, would you squelch that imagination or would you allow that to – I mean, when there's certain illusions that – you know, we don't allow our son to do. We, you never make believe point a gun whether it's fake or not. But T is different, you know. It's, it's like you're not going to – Fake kill somebody sure. with a fake tea, unless you put arsenic in it. Yeah. Fake arsenic in your fake so, tea, right? Mm-hmm. So well, we're putting Santa Claus closer to the fake killing people as opposed to playing tea. Don't know about that. Well, let's replace Santa Claus with something else. Let's tooth replace fairy. it like the tooth fairy. I wasn't shattered when I found out that my dad was the tooth fairy. Especially since I got to keep the money. I know. <laughs> I, my life did not come crumbling down. Well, but our, our culture does not promote, promote the tooth fairy to the extent that it does Santa Claus. We haven't heard, make, we haven't heard is, from Roaz is, at all. Is, is I want to hear, hear Roaz's opinion. Because companies is, don't make big money. Roaz has been but, really silent on this but, whole thing, but, and I need to hear his opinion. At the end of the day, is it any different? <laughs> like my parents said, yeah, there's a tooth fairy. Yeah, there's an Easter bunny. Well, I don't know if they did an Easter bunny. And they, they didn't do a great pumpkin. But, but is, uh, you know, again, is it any different? I, I find it hard to believe that Because I, I, I would look forward to losing teeth. Because I would get money. I, I'm, 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 I want to hear roses too. You know, I grew up. Uh, we didn't. We did not celebrate Christmas. Um, we did not celebrate uh, the Easter Bunny. Though we did celebrate uh, Tooth Fairy for a couple years. Um, <laughs> when you were losing teeth. When I was losing <laughs> a couple teeth. years, you were losing teeth. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you, as soon as you hurt thir- hit thirteen, you stopped celebrating. <laughs> right, the, right. The Tooth Fairy. But uh, you know, we didn't. My parents' views on that changed a little bit growing up, but you know there was there was a time when we did not celebrate Christmas, and instead, on December twenty fifth, we celebrated our names, which were all biblical Bible and Book of Mormon names, and our parents had meaning that they had that they found for our names, and so we would get gifts that symbolized the meaning that they had in our names, and so it wasn't highly commercialized. I mean, we, I think we each got maybe one gift or two gifts, um, but it was their alternative to Christmas because they did not believe in celebrating the pagan holiday. And then when we got a little bit older and we all knew what, you know, Santa Claus didn't exist and all that. Then we started having a Christmas tree and uh, the tune changed a little bit. But uh, when we were younger, we didn't, we did not do Christmas. 
Fair enough. I, I, when I was a kid, um, my mom always taught me that Actually, I, I knew about Santa Claus, and she gave me presents that were from Santa Claus, but she always taught me that it was just a, a game. It was not a, a true thing, and I never had a breakdown of belief of in Santa Claus. But I, knew, I, I always knew from the beginning that it was just a, a, a game and just, okay, this is a fun thing that people do and celebrate Santa Claus. And she also told me, though, that that's, a, that's something that we don't talk about at school. I don't talk about with my with my friends because some of them believed in Santa Claus. And so there was... I don't know. And that 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 has formed my framework for how I believe in Santa Claus, or how I believe in teaching children if I ever have them about Santa Claus. Is I'll probably teach them the same way as I learned. His Santa Claus is a is a is a fun thing that people do, and part of the celebration of how we celebrate Christmas. But he's not real. But we don't talk about it with school. We don't tell our kids it's not real because. It's have, not. It's not my job to teach their kids. I have absolutely no memory of when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. No memory. I do. It didn't affect me in the, well, I do. the slightest. And it I, started with the I, tooth fairy. Sixteen. You were sixteen. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can see how that would affect your outlook, I suppose. And, and you know, I, maybe you know, I, I don't know how my my children will react. I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. But for me, it just it was so unimportant that it it didn't really affect me. Yeah, I mean, but my, here, go ahead. On that on that string of messages too, there there was a sentiment there too that. I'm going to be 100% perfectly honest with my children, and I will never. I find it hard to believe that these parents will never. And, and it's not even lying to them, but there's just certain things we don't broach with our children sure. at any at a certain age. But yeah. you know, I mean, like where babies I, go from. I, yeah, I'm very <laughs> concerned about how some of these people will, will parent their children if they plan on being 100% totally honest with their child anytime a question comes up that they want to know about. And I don't know if that's the best route either. But I mean, this gets away from Santa Claus, obviously. So, final word. Do you think it's okay? I feel like we play the game in my family, and I also feel that my daughter is very firmly rooted in in the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't feel like in talking with her that that the central purpose and, and meaning and, and origin of Christmas is in any way skewed in her mind. That's where we're at, and that's what's most important to me. But I do plan on squashing my nephew's dreams here pretty soon. I'll do it first if I see him. <laughs> uh, all right, next. All right, Mike, you're our guest today. And so guest last. We, we've, we've, we've teased your topic a few times. Last and least. Uh, not least. Not least. I'm not sure how I ordered my topic. Yeah, basically, the premise. Uh, we can look it up. We can how tell you, you. How do you deal with family, with relatives, families, etc.? Who buy into commercialism? Well, uh, we try to you yourself try to do better for your own family and to still maintain uh, f- fellowship. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, give give you an example. Last Christmas we celebrated. <clears throat> of course, you try to fit two family celebrations and everything. But with my in laws, uh, you know, they came over to the house and and sister in law, and you know, they brought presents and. Passed out presents. Everybody opened them up, and I, I swear they were there and gone within an hour, hour, hour and a half easily. And uh, they left. I said, "What just happened?" And to me, it was like there's no fellowship there. Um, I do have a big thing with with my son getting too many gifts. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it teaches you not to be happy with what you have and always wanting more. And I think there is a danger in uh, overindulging in that. I would much rather have two or three very good quality things, you know, than than to have, you know, 50 things. That, uh, but the thing is, how do you uh, maintain harmony amongst your family and extended family uh, and still try to adhere to values that you want to uphold in your own family? So and is it worth, is it worth uh, offending half of your family or part of your family at the expense of uh, doing what you believe to be right in your own family? I think that, you know, for the younger ages, you know, it's pretty easy to, uh, for some toys to just disappear, you know, from one week to the next. And uh, so when you get a bunch of new ones and and some of the old ones go away. Sure. Uh, You know, re-gift them, you know, give them Salvation Army, whatever. So, you know, the younger ages, that's a little easier. Was your first option (laughs) (laughs) re-gifting? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Emma's not going to be disappointed. (laughs) If you don't tell her. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when you get to the older ages, that's where it can, you know, perhaps get out of hand. And, you know, I think... um, I think there's a... I mean... um, 
like a one-year-old baby doesn't know what gifts they're receiving. Oh, absolutely not. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. You, those of you with a two-year-old, I mean, how much do they know what they're receiving? Not much at all. I mean, probably about three is probably the first year you actually have a starting of grasp that the the volume of gifts that you're receiving. My two-year-old son, if, if the first thing he opened was a ball, he'd be done. I mean, he'd be off playing with that. You know, it doesn't – the quantity makes no difference to him. Yeah, my, my daughter, when we uh, – we had gotten her a couple gifts, but then there are some gifts from grandma and grandpa too. And it almost overwhelmed her because she's like, she, she opened up one gift, then started opening the others. And she completely forgot about the first mm-hmm. ones. I mean, you'd be better off going Hanukkah style, like one a day. Yeah, that's right. Or that other holiday name celebration, celebration. <laughs> celebration style. <laughs> name celebration style. <laughs> I, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from. Mike. I mean, there's that, I think there would be a balance. You'd have to figure out, because is it worth harsh feelings between in-laws and family? I, I would tend to think, no, I think you could reinforce your values with your son without alienating them, I would think. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's hard because I, sure. underst- I understand that there's, there's a propensity for a lot of people to over-gift, thinking that that's a good way to express love. Well, like in our family, on, on, on my side of it, we don't even exchange gifts anymore. We just draw names and let the children give. I mean, we buy the gifts, but then the children just exchange. Uh, what was it a gift? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one gift with each other, and then we have. Uh, so that that would be our extended family. Now, on my wife's side, we still buy gifts for everybody because they don't really have um, a huge family like like is on my side. <laughs> so we we still we still do the where we. With ten, adult, with ten adults and however many kids on your uh, yeah. on your side, of the yeah. it gets a little, get a little overwhelming. Yeah, so so we we write out Christmas lists and we give it to each other on on uh, on the wife's side, and we still do it that way. Although I think we're going to be moving towards uh, drawing names and just doing one gifts. My, my personality is very much a go along and get along type. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> if we weren't sitting around these microphones, we would have never had that whole Santa Claus discussion because I'd have been like, yeah, good for you guys. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we, we do – our family does something different, but we mm-hmm. – as David put it, we get along with the other family and we respect what they do. Um but I mean, nobody, uh, no, nobody's uh, all, all the presents that we buy on my wife's side. It's not like each gift is fifty plus dollars either. You know, they're they're made to be thoughtful gifts. So it could be you know two dollars. It could be five dollars. It could be free socks. Uh, socks. You know, and, and actually, that's one re-gift, of the things I asked for. Regift your socks? Yeah. No. Caymans. Yeah, These don't fit anymore. No. But you know, my mother and I talked about. It. We're just like. There's nothing we really want. We already got what we need. I mean, right. you know, you can, you can buy me socks and uh, t-shirts because I'll, I'll always need those. Well, back to the stewardship thing, man. Look at us. We're going you, full circle. You can spend so much money on, and we two, two years ago we we said we're not getting gifts for anybody, and it was it was a misery. I, I felt terrible because we still got things. We didn't give out a thing to my, you know anybody, so that didn't work well. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I think I think there's, I know when I try to give I I really like to give gifts that have some sort of I'm not sure they're necessarily uh, I try to make them thoughtful I also try to make them useful I mean yeah I get I love giving books to kids I, love, I mean there's a lot of things that are just that there's more than just a toy that mm-hmm. is I mean as a kid I loved getting toys I mean but remember there's always like in the back of my mind there's always this level of disappointments like as cool as it was like the first thirty seconds. It starts to drop pretty quick as far as how much fun that toy is. You'd have enjoyed it more if a guy in a big red suit had brought it to your house in the middle of the night while you were sleeping. Yeah. yeah. And, the pay, and the payoff was uh, good behavior and cookies yeah. and milk. Yeah. So you don't think there's any uh, damage being done to our kids with the amount of gifts and things they get? Well, when you say our kids, I mean, you're you're asking us to to consider other people's children's as well. I think, I think I mean, different people respond to things completely different. I mean, just, just as in our discussion with Santa Claus, mm-hmm. each of us have a different recollection of our, our upbringing and relationship to Santa Claus. For some of us, it was an abrupt and major change and a, different, and a, a problem in our life. For some of us, it was no problem at all. And some of us had, I mean, and we each had different, completely different ways that our parents went about mm-hmm. 
Santa Claus, and we have different responses, and some of our parents would around the same way. And so I think it's the same way with gift giving. Children respond differently, and some children some children might become obsessed with physical things, um, regardless of whether or not they get presents for Christmas. Some and some maybe, children maybe even if they don't right yeah. right. And so I, and so I don't. I mean, that's not to mitigate the responsibility of parents mm-hmm. to do everything they can to raise children righteously and in a way that's going to have, have promote good values. But I don't necessarily think that there's a one-size-fits-all way of parenting because children are so – I mean, I mean I'm, I'm speaking as a professional that works with children, not a, not a parent. I mean, children are so different, even children from the same family. Right. That we're basically raised the same way. I mean, I mean we have families that – I mean, of the three kids that we have at our school, you would never put them together as being from the same family. And so while parents definitely have a major part to play, there are, there are things that are just innate within them that you can either you can you can tweak it but you're not going to I don't think you're always going to hard and fast make something perfect by the way you handle it but i think that it's it's inevitable that the quantity of toys that children have generally speaking in america devalues those toys and i i mean if you've ever been to a, a developing country and see the way they value a a soccer ball that yeah. is just beaten to death but that, i mean that is that is the pride and joy of maybe the whole uh-huh. community you come to an understanding that that the less you have, sometimes it, it increases its value. I think that's just natural. I remember the probably the the most one of the most memorable gifts I ever gave. We were at a, a senior high camp many years ago, and I was probably a third or fourth year counselor. And there was a young man there from uh, Pinon, Arizona, one of the um, Indians down there. They brought up probably five or six. I don't remember mm-hmm. that, those years yeah. when there was people coming up from Pinon, and. Had a Detroit Tigers hat, and he was fascinated by this hat. And it was old and grody, and I had worn it for a while. And he, like, you know, I and he asked for it, and I gave it to him, and it made his day. I mean, that that silly old fitted Detroit Tigers hat that I'm not sure fitted him very well. I mean, he absolutely positively loved it. And I know I've given gifts that were worth far more than a used Tigers hat, um, but. I don't think they were as, as highly thought of as that, mm-hmm. which is that's just, I mean, that's what you're saying. I mean, it's. Yeah. I got to give a T-shirt off my back to a guy in Belize one time that he just loved. And you could just tell he just loved it. And that was a, a highlight. I had to run up to my room and get a different shirt. but <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be <laughs> skin cancer by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another aspect, though, to, to kind of pursue, and it was part of your original question, though, is how how do we interact with our families? Because, you know, we have a. We would prefer that our kids not get as many presents. We don't want them to have too many. And um, every year it always feels like it's too many f- to me. But, you know, then again, as a kid, I only got two for my name. So um, I'm probably skewed. But regardless. <laughs> um, your name? Yeah, with name celebrations. I, One I middle, first and middle. Uh-huh. Okay. Usually it was two for the same name. And oh, every, okay. we alternated which name we were celebrating. Okay. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you, That's brother. The funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but uh, I think that sometimes we we get so caught up in how we want this one aspect of our lives or our kids' lives to be that we end up damaging the relationship with the family. And sometimes I think we, because we have a good relationship or a moderate relationship. Uh, we're not as careful about preserving it or making that better, and that's the part where I'm not sure how we how we can have both. Um, but I think it, you know, relationship with our family is important, and um, so I, I think sometimes we got to be careful about not hurting the feelings of our family who want to give maybe way too many gifts and are listening to us when we say really one gift for $15 or less would be really ideal. Yeah. Well, maybe we use Christmas as the one time a year. Maybe we put too much expectations on it. Maybe we uh, we don't make the effort to fellowship with our family at other times, and so that's the one day and we want it to be based on our value instead of... Well, and, you know, it's also easy to forget sometimes they may have other places they're going. Uh, our Christmas day is crazy because we have to go visit every... I think we got four stops on a single day, and it, if we get two hours at any one stop, we're, we're doing well. But it's not because we don't want to be there. It's just because everybody expects us to come. 
and then you're going to offend somebody if you don't show up. And if we were, if you were in our family, Mike, I guess I'd be offending you for only being there two hours. Sorry, buddy. But I, I, that's why I think. <laughs> I think. I think it's a good question. It's good something to consider. I think. I, I think Aaron's words are pretty wise about relationships for families. I mean, that, there's there's something to be said for the value of that, and that that teaches a lot. I mean, the character of how a family interacts is very important. Yeah, I think offline, you know, the next day or a week later, you can you can have conversations with your with your kids about, you know, we really have way too many we we have too many things. Let's let's give to people who are in need and teach them the value to value not having, you know, excess and uh, so that you've maybe accomplished both at the same time. Anybody else have any uh, thoughts before we wrap it up? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> Until we are together at last in Zion, let us remain Zion bound. Zion bound. Merry Christmas. Like a barbershop before dead. <laughs>